Wow, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. What a busy day we've had. Um, my name is Chris. Welcome to Fire for Fact Live, 23 February 2022. Uh, today is Pink Shirt Day, which is an anti-bullying campaign, anti-bullying awareness thing I have with me to my left, which you'll see later on. Mr. James P. White, who had a very successful podcast today on DeanBlundell.com. Um, he had uh, a, an outstanding bunch of guests who, are, who have uh, been successful in their lives to get to where they are today. It was a great show. If you haven't seen it, you can go to DeanBlundell.com and check it out. Um, and it's on YouTube. It'll probably be on the Locker Room 95.7 Cruise out on the Locker Rooms page tomorrow or later on whenever the fuck it's posted. I don't know. Uh, it was really good, so we're going to kind of recap that a little bit. And uh, because I had a lack of uh, fucking planned content today, um, we're doing a Q&A, which sounds like an audible. It sounds like I'm copping out, but I'm not. Because the res the overwhelming response, if you will, to uh, questions and answers, I got a bunch texted in, and I know a bunch of people DM me and saying, hey, I got some questions. I'm like, perfect. Come on in, because we don't have anything that hasn't been beat to death in mainstream media for today to, to bore you or waste your time tonight. So I said, fuck it. We're going to do it this way. Let, let people ask the questions, and we'll answer them as truthfully and honestly as we can. But before we jump into that, quick shout out to my uh, sponsors, and then I'll bring in the uh, Olive Drab Hooligans. And I'm going to do these sponsors' uh, abbreviated version. Fire for Effect, Fire for Effect Live is brought to you by DeanBlendell.com. Go to DeanBlendell.com. Canada's largest digital source of um, news, sports, and podcasts, and currently lar <laughs> Canada's largest source of trolls and keyboard warriors and haters. Check it out on dblundell.com. You'll find my pod there, many other pods, all worth listening to, so go check it out. Positive Mike's Brewing Company. You like good fucking beer? Drink Positive Mike's beer. There's uh, Danielle. Hang on, Danielle. I'm running my own board here. Be patient. Where the fuck's the button? Positive Mike's Brewing. I can edit that out. Don't worry about it when we do the audio part. The viewers get the full experience. The listeners get the abbreviated cut-up one. Uh, also brought to you by, oh, shit, the Blue Rocketeer's Basement. Nope. Mr. Hooper, Inc., you like good weed? You want to learn about cannabis culture? Check out Mr. Hooper, Inc. And finally, my good friends at Lakeside Farmstead. Jeff Nona and his family, you like Wagyu beef, you live in the Edmonton area, um, you can get good beef, good dairy products. Boom, there it is. So let's uh, bring in the fucking boys and get this party started because it's been a hell of a day. That did not work. Oh, that's why. Mr. Bryce Hooper and Mr. Morgan Warren. We have one whole viewer that I can see, boys, so we're doing great. Hey, Danielle. Danielle's going to start her own pod. Nice. Come on, Danielle. That's where you jump in say yes. <laughs> and say, yes, I am going to start my own pod. Damn right. So she's been doing it the right way. She's looking at all these other assholes like, like me and, and, and Bonzi. And uh, by the way, for those of you listening to this later, no, it'll be too late. No, you can jump in later. Uh, we're going on live with uh, Bonzi right after this thing, so it should be fucking pretty cool. So, yeah, she's going to start her own pod, and I think she should do it and help her through it. <laughs> Excuse me, Kel. I'm still getting used to this vape thing. So, uh, yeah, today was uh, – come on in. Come on, come in and help me describe what we experienced today. So I don't fuck it up. It was Pink Shirt Day, right? Is that what it's called? It, it, it was called Pink Shirt Day. So what I did is we did a chat just like this, but I brought in a lot of um, – a lot of – I had a panel is the best way to put it. Yeah, and, uh, uh, Mercedes Nickel, who Mer is a, a fucking Olympian snowboarder, right? Yeah, uh, he had Jesse Lumsden, who's an ex-CFL player, also an Olympic bobsledder. And 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 Kelly Filardo. Um she she was a, a burn a, a burn survivor and she's written a ton of books. 
And it was the most, like I've done a lot of anti-bullying, a lot of lectures and stuff like that, talking about, you know, struggles that we've all been through and stuff like that. And this was the most moving experience I've ever had listening to other people's stories and it's we reached a lot of people today is the only thing I can really say talking about bullying and the ill effects and how to push through and yeah it's no it was it, was, it, was, it meant a lot today for for me and probably everybody on the panel and a lot of the people that watched it Jimmy is still coming off the euphoria of the success of the show today and was very successful. A lot of pressure on him today for sure because he's never done done it this way. He's he's typically would talk to schools. It's an educationary process for for young kids from grade 2 to whatever uh, high school. Also an educationary process for uh for teachers and parents alike. So it's a lot of pressure on him and then you have a panel like that and and to to uh to create that engaging conversation throughout the duration of that conversation um was amazing so he had a, he had a really good day so he's now also it's a marathon day so for those of you who don't know what james does during the day so the first thing his daily routine is like this he gets up at about three in the morning and he makes soup we don't know why but that's what he does no i heat up soup i don't make it okay i, I make it the night that's before. fair yeah he goes down and does the uh, the locker room morning show on 95.7 Cruise FM in Edmonton. And that goes from uh, about 5.45 in the morning till about 9.45, 10 a.m. Um, and then he came here, did that podcast. He had a little nap. We did have a couple beers. He had a nap. And now he's going to do this show. And as soon as this thing's done, we're going on uh, my main man, Bonzi Live, tripping with Bonzi right after this to continue the conversation. So I'm glad he's here. And... Please, everybody, be kind and welcome, welcome James, and congratulate him on the success today, and uh, and take note about uh, what the importance of today is in regards to bullying. Whether you were bullied, whether you are a bully, or you're a parent or a teacher, there is a lot of lessons learned. And I'm going to talk about my personal experiences and how it translated to the military on on uh, Bonzi's show after. So that's fucking. I don't know. You got anything else to say, dude? I think you rock started uh, today. It was a good day. I I was nervous going in, and it I couldn't be prouder of uh, the experience today. I think that's all I should say. All right, have a coke and a smile. Hang out or a beer or a beer. Have a beer. You've you've earned a beer today, I think. And uh, we're gonna move on. So thank you. Who do we got on? Just give me a check, and I'm blind. We got Wade, we got Kel, we got Danielle. Now we yeah, we got all the people that matter. And they've been right? chatty too. It's been great. They are chatty. And Wade brought firefighters. Oh man, where's well, TNT? Bring, we we bring, need some. They're, they're coming in. A lot of people are watching on different uh, mediums or media mediums, whatever you want to call it. So to 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 move the chains forward, we don't have any uh, geopolitical shit to discuss tonight we don't give a fuck about the convoy and it's de-escalation and the war the war measures act the emergencies act we'll save that for next week um nor are we going to talk about the ukraine unless you have questions about it because of my lack of planning and getting all fucked up i have a new job now so i'm busy with that today was a busy day with jimmy and um getting all the shit together i decided to do something else and what I wanted to do was we normally do a thing called uh, Ask an Army Guy, and that's with a guest. We didn't have a guest lined up, and I thought, you know what? It's time to open up the floor to the viewers and listeners out there and give them an opportunity to just go carte blanche, ask us whatever questions they want, and, um, and, and tackle it that way. And I was kind of worried. I'm not going to lie. When I, when I put it out there, I'm like, fuck me, you know. I don't have my shit together. I'm, I'm supposed to be running a pod. I haven't prepped. I don't have my slide deck. I don't have a, my my guest. I don't have my topics. And I know you guys help me out with that. They do. But it's just been a crazy uh, few days getting shit together. So I said, fuck it. Let's just do it a different way. And it's now we can freestyle and just answer the questions. And there's a few questions that came in early. And I'm going to let everybody on the panel um, 
respond to these questions in their own in their own way. Um, I did get a few questions in advance, which I'll read first because it's like advanced ticket sales for a concert. Jump in early, you go first, and then I'll take we'll take questions from everybody uh, everybody that's that's in the comments right now. So I'm gonna pull up my my notes here, and we're gonna dive right into what this looks like. So this lovely young lady doesn't want to be named because she's she's a viewer but she she's gets fucking weirded out by her name showing up all the time so we're gonna call her panielle okay so panielle her first question is <laughs> you're a terrible person i'm fucking sorry not she's uh, like, not pat not, not pat like, you you're a terrible the person. Fuck, man <laughs> so panielle her real name could be uh barb whatever right Whatever. So we're gonna, there. we're gonna throw this out there to get the ball rolling. So Panielle's question is: what is the biggest misconception of being in the CAF or being a veteran? The biggest misconception that say, and I'm gonna interpret this as I know, might being, you know, what a civilian might think of us. Who wants to go first? Yeah, I'll go ahead. Yeah, okay, uh, give her Bryce. I think I think the f some of the f the, f the first things that uh, most people will ask you as soon as you get back from tour, uh, or or first thing a civilian's going to ask you is if you've gone overseas or if you've engaged with the enemy. Yeah, no, that that's fair. Um, okay, yeah, there's a lot of. I'll, I'll I'll give I'll give it a shot, Chris. Yeah, because my brain's spinning up here. Yeah. So like so, some of the biggest misconceptions about uh, like being being a soldier, being a member of the CAF. Now, once again, this is from like the fountain of ignorance, according to like a a, a grunt, uh, an infantryman. Uh, I think some of the common misconceptions are like uh, that uh, you think that because a lot of the guys are are in the army, and you know we wear that Canadian flag on our shoulder, that. Uh, that we believe like a hundred percent that we're a hundred percent on board with everything that the government says and everything that the government does. And that we're a bunch of robots when we're, we're really not like, like, uh, soldiers nowadays, uh, where we have access to, you know, like the internet and, and, uh, you know, mainstream media and everything like that. Soldiers, these soldiers nowadays are, uh, are, are, are definitely thinking men and are thinking men and women and are, are a lot more are a lot smarter and a lot more educated I think than most people actually give us credit for. I mean, I had uh, a young guy that worked for me. He was the same age as me, but he was a private soldier and I was a warrant officer. And this guy prior to joining the military, he was like an actual like he was he was an astrophysicist. I've had guys that were like that had passed the bar and were that were lawyers. Like guy I like I know a guy that worked for Imperial Tobacco as a lawyer. I mean, what a scumbag, right? But uh you know, he, uh, so you, you think that sometimes that uh, a lot of guys in the ranks are, I don't want to say the dregs of society, but like, you know, lower education, things like that, when it's not really the case. Most guys are a lot more educated, a lot smarter, I think, than the average uh, Canadian realizes. Can't hear you, Chris. Yeah, unmute. Got it. Okay. I'll edit that out for audio. That's actually, actually what I was going to say is, is a misconception on, um, on you, you watch too many war movies where the, the, the guy on basic training is this dumb fuck with, you know, grade seven Kentucky education and suddenly he's a nam. That is not the case. We don't want mindless robots in the military. We want thinkers, yet team players, um, thinkers or how you achieve objectives with, with minimal resources and, and minimal waste. So... Yeah, I, I don't have a different response. Before I dump in, jump into Paniel, Paniel's next question, um, I'm going to let Positive Mike's got a, a really good one, and I'm going to bring it up here right now. So what, what Mike wants to know is, you seem to share your, your experiences, yet someone like my uncle, which is all akin to Mike, I'll assume your uncle was world or was in World War II, like my grandfather, um, they, they, they never did share their stories. Why is that? Uh, I'll, I'll lead on this one. All right. Um, I think 
we're more willing to share our stories now because of the lessons learned from guys like your your uncle or my grandfather that you know i i won't lie the men that came back from those wars world war one and two were fucking harder men than we'll ever be and the experiences they had you know we we bitch about a six seven month deployment although we do it successively for years those guys went to war for five years kissed kissed their wives girlfriends and families goodbye and didn't fucking come home for five years and went through an insane amount of, of stress and pressure and i remember you know trying to trying to have conversations with my grandfather about it and, it, and my dad says he never talked about it so so mike i i resonate and I, I empathize with what you're saying and until i joined the army that's when my grandfather slowly started to to kind of open up and talk about it and it usually was over a few drinks as was the fashion at the time um about some of his experiences and you know there's I and, I and i don't get me wrong there's a lot of experiences that we all have and i'll, I'll let the boys jump in here yeah we don't talk about we tend typically generalize and i think we do that in the interests of of you know that people understand what we're doing over there right now like what's what's happening when you know or over wherever we are so that your your typical canadian like people watching this that are exposed to it and also understand sorry to to fucking just go left back then you didn't have the media exposure be it social media the, the internet reach that you do now so now it's it's harder to hide or ignore or push to the side right it was like that okay you're over here living your life as a normal citizen back in the country and the soldiers soldiers sailors and airmen are over there doing whatever they're doing and the, the new the, the next morning's newspaper reports the following and fucking that's it it's very much different now where things happen in real time so it's harder to duck it and it's it's easier to expose it and i'm not sure if that answers the question so i'm going to hand this over hey. Uh, let me let me take this one there, Chris. I think we're, we're dealing with a, uh, uh, a, a different mindset. I mean, a lot of these, like now we have people like myself and, and like yourself, Chris, uh, and, and Bryce, well, like we were career soldiers. That's what we did. These guys in the First World War, Second World War in Korea, they were career soldiers. They were iron workers. They were steel workers. They were farmers. And next thing, they woke up one morning and they realized my country's like the world is at war. You know, we're trying, you know, to, to fight back like a, a, a Nazi jackboot or, you know, or uh, a communist invasion into South Korea. And they're like, so it was their duty to essentially put on that uniform and represent their country and, and stand for freedom. So, I mean, I, I'll use Tommy Prince. Uh, we've talked about him on previous podcasts as a perfect example. This guy joined the yeah. army for, for, in, during World War II. After World War II, he's like, well, war's over. My job here is done. Then what happens? Next, you know, 1950, 1951, another war sparks up. Well, correction, police action, if we want to be correct, in uh, in Korea. And what does he do? He's like, oh, shit, my country needs me again. So he's like off the, you know, he qu quits his job, joins the army because he's like, this is my duty as a Canadian, you know, uh, you know, as a, uh, a citizen of a democracy to go and, you know, and, and fight for freedom. Uh, whereas somebody like me, I, I didn't join for the same reasons that Tommy Prince joined for. I mean, I joined... You know, for one, you know, I, I'm from Newfoundland. I'm from Eastern Canada. I joined for a job. I joined for a pension. But moreover, me personally, I joined for an adventure. Like, especially like I, I joined when Bosnia was winding down and then Afghanistan happened out of nowhere. And I am super pumped that I got to go to Afghanistan and I got to do my job as an infantryman, as a sniper. Like, you know, we always, we always hear the, the comparison. Of like, imagine if you're like, you know, you're a hockey player, but you never get to play in the big show. Like, as a soldier, I got to play in a big show, and that's all I ever wanted to do. Like, I, I, to some degree, I didn't know what I was getting into. Yeah, I, but the I question, the question is, the question is, why do you, why are you willing to talk about it versus why your grandfather wasn't? I think it's, I think it goes back to my original point, though. Like, we, we joined for completely different reasons, and, uh, and like you said, with yeah. social media and everything like that, like, they, they, they joined 
They and they went over and they did. They probably did some awful shit. And then they came back and they don't want to talk about it because once again, back then you didn't talk about this shit, right? Now no. they, they, we, we encourage you, you, each back, other. Back, back then, you went to Legion, which is why it was created. For those of you yeah. that fucking think it was for created for another reason, you're you're wrong. You poured whiskey over it with your buddies. You yeah. went home and fucking raised your family and did what what was defined as what men do back then. Yep. In the exactly. 50s. So the paradigm has shifted. Yeah. Because Jimmy, uh, Jim, come on in. Uh, let Bryce uh, respond because he hasn't responded. Oh, to Bryce, do you want to weigh in on this? Because James has a follow-on question. Maybe you can catapult onto that. My my follow-up question, uh, kind of dealing with that, would it have anything to do with the change of the warfare between then, like you know, with uh, like the trench, like a World War One, World War Two, the trench yeah, warfare, going from uh, heavy metal to uh, three-block war counterinsurgency. Yeah, would that have something to do with it too? The different, the modernization of, of war? Absolutely. I think. The evolution of war, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Good question. I, I don't think there's a lot of people nowadays that would actually be able to go trench warfare. Um, I know I've had the the distinct honor of of talking to some some elderly World War II men in their in their in their later years as well as some Vietnam guys. Um, and to, to think that you'd to have to engage on that kind of level, I, maybe I'm just, I'm thinking from a different trade level, uh, just being a truck driver. Uh, but even anywhere else you're engaging with the enemy on a daily basis. Um, and I don't think there's a lot of people that are around right now, um, that would have the, the fortitude, the guts. There's a lot of us. That modern warfare, you're they're going to be inside of your head before you even get to that country. Look at the way yeah. the media is going right um, now, right? Kel, Kel's got a question, but I, I, this transitions into, um, since we're on the topic, I'm going to go back to one of Paniel's questions. Yep. <laughs> hey, Glassy. Paniel. And... <laughs> Danielle's third question, uh, she had three, was did you struggle with reintegration upon your return and what helped with what helped or hindered that experience? So she's talking about what Paniel is asking. Yes, yeah, I can't fucking say that. Seriously. What Paniel is asking is how was reintegration coming back from deployment? And you know, how did you ha handle it? Was it was it good, bad, ugly? How did it help? Uh, deployment wise, really? uh, when I got back from a couple of my tours, uh, there there was always a little bit of fanfare right from the airport. Um, but I found the more in integration wise was wrapping my head around becoming a civilian after my military service was done. I don't think so much getting back into, there was enough of a decompression on my uh, last tour out of Afghanistan yeah. that I, I honestly don't think that there was, I think maybe more talk therapy if implemented. Um, I don't know. Hey, yeah. Hey Bryce, I'm going to, I'm going to springboard off of what you said. And uh, so well, I, I agree with you 100% exactly what you said. Um, I, I think one of the things that actually helped me integrate back was that, Actually, going to work every day back on base. I'm, I'm back. I'm, I'm with my brothers in arms. I'm with these guys that I, I fought with. You know that we died with. All these guys. Uh, uh, one of the things that I was fortunate enough to do in the military, I was involved in a rudimental readiness program where they had a uh, uh, a clinician paired up with an, an operator. And uh, one thing that I actually noticed quite a bit: guys who had a difficult integration back were actually reservists, because when we would come back from overseas, like me and the boys, all the Patricias. Guess what? I'd go back to, you know, Combat Support Company, 3PP CLI, and, you know, every single day it was, you know, we'd go for a 10-mile run, high fives and bum slaps, and it was awesome. And we could talk about what we did over the last year or the last deployment. But a lot of these reservists that came from all over the country, and these were outstanding soldiers and great men, uh, they went back to their individual units, and essentially they were like strangers. Like, they, they had nobody to connect with. And then they went back to their job as, you know, whatever their jobs were. I mean, everything from like the McDonald's fry guy to like, you know, you know, Calgary police service or, or wherever. And they didn't have wow, anybody to connect. I never, I never even thought about that. 
I, I, oh, I, th- those, right those guys, some of those reservists were the guys that had the, the worst times I've, I've ever seen. Like, and, and I, I, I feel for those guys because I, I feel like they were kind of, they were left out in the cold. And like, and Chris, like, you know how it is. Like, the boys, like the me's and the you's of the world, we try everything we can to reach out to these guys and make sure that they're doing okay. But they weren't. Yeah, they got to, they got to, yeah, yeah. Fuck, man. I never even, um, yeah. Wow. I, I'm my 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 headspace is all fucked up now because I never even thought about that. Because... Yeah, man. Those 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 reservists, like you know, we loved we loved we loved the shit on them, but you know, man, a lot of those guys, you know, they left Tough. a lot behind and they stepped up, right? Yeah. So they kind and, of and, and then when they came back, they, they to some degree they they didn't have the support networks that we had. Where the fuck did he go? Don't we worry about it. We guy. keep talking. Man, uh, down. what was yeah, it? What was well, that? Actually, I want to catapult off of you now. Yeah. So understand for those of you watching, and I'll I'll jump back into the questions here. He'll get back in. When you're gone for it's usually about seven months, depending on your your job and everything. So a typical rotation used to be six, but it, it, it stretches to seven with the rip, which is relief in place to get everything going. So like all my last three deployments were at least seven, seven months long. And you need to understand when you come back, everything's evolved seven months since you've been back. Yeah, especially right? for your kids. There's a new mall over here. If you got kids, and I don't, they've grown up by seven months. Yeah. Like everybody around you's life has changed by that amount of time. And, yeah. and you come back with an expectation of like the day you fucking left. So that's one thing that that gets in your head. The second thing is it takes a bit of time and to 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 echo Morgan's comments to to get your head out of where you were because if you're in high intensity uh, you know environments like we've been in, your brain stays there a long fucking time, um, sometimes longer than it probably should. Yeah. So you know you, reintegration is a hard thing, and the the Canadian Armed Forces. The system has been trying to make it better. So I, I don't shit on them about it. We had this uh, decompression thing where we go to Cyprus for four days, which is just a shit show, piss up, fucking failed effort. Um, I, I don't, I don't fault them for it though. I don't blame them because they were trying to do something positive. Yeah. So there, there, there's no, right, there's no right answer because no, everybody's different. No man, there's no, there's no right answer. And every individual is different, so it's very challenging to to, to reintegrate back into society. It, um, you know, you need to ease into it. And I, I think it's yeah, easier yeah. If, as you do more and more deployments, but any given deployment, depending on your role can really influence how you are when you come back as a person. Uh, you know, I'm not going to turn this into a conversation about PTSD and all that fucking bullshit. It doesn't no. even matter if you never saw combat or never left the wire. The point is your life was completely different yeah. during the time you were deployed yeah. And now you're coming back to a family or or a group of people or your or your job, like like Morgan alluded to, guys that are reservists who just go back and automatically jump into a civilian world and don't have that bond yeah. of bro- that bond of brotherhood within the unit that they would normally have. So reintegration yeah. to shorten yeah. out the version of to short shorten the answer that Pen Peniel asked is that reintegration's challenging. Um, they're trying to make it better and, and, and the more you do it, the easier it gets. And yeah, that's it. I don't know what else to, to, to really say. So I think Cal had a, yeah, she had a good question about, uh, like families or people that like, in, yeah, in so Afghanistan that we think about. Do, yeah. I most definitely do. Do you? So yeah. Good, so good. like, what, here's I, the what, question. There he is. He's back. Is there is there a local person slash family from Afghanistan that you met that stays in your mind? Uh, is it you know, for good or bad reasons? I'll I'll, I'll take this one because I got two examples from uh, 2008 and uh, 2012. Okay, good, so 2000, good. I, I have no examples. So good. 2000, 2008, and I remember this guy uh, because uh, we'd have a Af- like an Afghan platoon attached to us, right? These guys they weren't trained the best, but they were trained. They were good soldiers. They were there for the right reasons. And I remember this guy. I can't remember his last name to save my life, but his first name was Raj. And I remember, like, because you know Afghans, like they they don't they're, they're different than we are. This guy spoke perfect English, 
And I pulled him aside one day and I was like, Raj, I was like, well, like, what's the deal? Like, you're a, a, an intelligent man. Like, what, what are you doing here? Like, you, like you, you're not like everybody else. And, uh, and he told me a story, like, uh, you know, back in like 1999 or like late 90s, late 90s when the Taliban kind of took over, his father, who was an engineer, uh, took his whole family. They escaped to India. Uh, he was educated in, uh, in, in India. He went to college. He was a, uh, I believe he was also an engineer. Uh, his brother was a doctor uh, in France. Like, uh, and I, I was like, why are you here? And he's like, because this is my country. He's like, you shouldn't be here. He's like trying to sort out my country. He's like, I should be here. And, uh, our, our, you know, some of the interpreters, some of them were good. Some of them were a little bit crooked. We had one that was a little bit crooked and we fired him, uh, because, but we had Raj there and he really helped Kako us out. One in fucking jail. Yeah. And he was, and he, he, he was a, he was a great guy, very genuine. And I always, I always think about that guy all the time. I'm like, well, like whatever, whatever happened to him. And then I'll, then next was 2012. Uh, my, my interpreter, what we were doing, it was a, a more, it was much more laid back. It was, a. I was in the uh, like the infantry school for the Afghan National Army in uh, Missouri Sharif in like northern Afghanistan in Missouri Sharif. It was like a thousand mile, or about a hundred miles south of the Uzbek border. Yeah, and, been there uh, a lot. Yeah, and anyway, this guy Zabibula Atta, and he was just a, a genuinely good person. I remember one day he showed up like maybe like twenty minutes late. I was like, "Hey, Zabi, how are you doing, man?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry for being late." He's like. I guess the temperature dropped, like all the pipes in his house burst, his house flooded. Like he's telling me the story as an absolute shit show. And I'm looking at him like, oh my God, like, why are you even here? Like, just kind of, you, you've got my, like, he had my phone number for my Afghan cell phone. I was like, just dude, like, I don't like, just go sort your life out. And he's like, oh no, 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 things are good. And like when I left, like him and some of the, uh, the staff from the school, uh, from the infantry, from the Afghan infantry school, like they gave me gifts for my wife and for my children, and That's like I really crazy. got to know these guys, and they were like genuinely yeah. good people. Like you know I, what, I, have a, I, I, I have, a, I have a lot of respect for the Afghans. I know some people would shit on them, and but whatever. But I have a lot of good memories of, of of the Afghans. They're they're a hard people, and I remember like all the guys saw my last tour. We got obviously a lot closer to them because we were doing small unit stuff, and I I needed to. There's different levels of interpreters, and that's who I'm talking about in this context. But there's also local employees. So I was based out of Kandahar City at Camp Nathan Smith, and there's a lot of local employees, and we also had our interpreter group. And uh, I remember working with the fucking the first um, Afghan or Kandahar City Police EOD team, and we were training them uh, in EOD. And just solid people, just solid people. Lost contact with that guy, but. To answer the question, I never got in contact with the guy, but I got a heartbreaker two years after. This would have been 2012. Um, there was this old dude. His nickname was Popeye. I couldn't tell you what his name was, but if you served <laughs> the Cap Mason Smith, this fucking dude, he was probably 30 and he looked like he was 90, but he was fucking <laughs> And he had the forearms. And he was basically like the senior laborer, if you will, on camp. And... A lot of those guys had to live inside, so we we had we had two perimeters uh, on that camp, an outer and then the inner one. And the outer one, a lot of the LECs, local employed civilians, as we call them, were allowed to live in that space. And uh, the Taliban were threatening these guys all the fucking time. They knew who they were, threatening their families. And two years after I left, that guy was actually executed by the Taliban and his family. And it, it, it fucking, it broke my heart. I, I just wanted to get over there and just get it on and just, you know, fucking kill fucking bad guys. But I, I never, I never kept in contact with one of them after that. Anyway. Yeah. So let's lighten up. Wade's been at waiting to ask the question of all time. Um, so the, here it comes. I'm going to let you guys uh, weigh in. So wait, Wade's question is when in the battlefield and it comes to to change your underwear, do you pass it to the left or to the right? And 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 what and what if you're switched with a what the fuck, Wade? You gotta speak English, man. It's like talking to Jimmy. You guys read it and tell me how to answer that. Well, I don't shit myself, but anyway, <laughs> fucking 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's never, it's never happened to me. Never been a, an issue. And like, with regards to like changing your underwear, you're not you're not changing your underwear in the middle of a fucking gunfight. Like, you know, no. we weren't we, we weren't like bullets like bullets were it wasn't like bullets were flying and people were dying for like six straight months and we were under contact. Like there, you 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 just sort yourself out when you had time. Yeah, no, to, but to be to be fair, um, yeah, I know guys who admit I fucking shit myself in a gunfight. Yeah, but and, you, uh, you you dealt with your shitty pants after the gunfight, though. <laughs> you dealt with your shitty pants after the gunfight. It's not like, hey, no, you know, because you normally have a fire team partner, no matter what trade yeah. you are. When you're getting it on, you got buddies fucking shooting at a slightly different rates. So you change mags at a different time. Blah 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 blah. But he's not going to go down to fucking slow rate so you can pull your pants down and change your shitty ass underwear. <laughs> no. Right? Fucking, he's no. going normal or fucking rapid at best. Whatever. Yeah, you know that's not, yeah. That's it's not it's just it's, it's it's yeah. In 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 your list of priorities, it's not a big. Pro I mean, I know guys that have, like literally have gotten shot, and they had a hole in them, and they're like, "I'll deal with this like after the gunfight," and they did. You know, just you're, you're running on adrenaline. So and like, for any man, and for any man that's ever been blown up, the first question is, "Are my balls still there?" It's all yeah. you give a fuck about is like <laughs> you can blow my left arm off if my dick and my balls are there. We're good. I'm having yeah, a good like, day. Ah. <laughs> I'm having a good day. You know, if you shit your pants, if you shit your pants, fuck whatever. It's but to be fair, to answer Wade's question, if I shit myself in a firefight and found found a lull in the action. To change my underwear, and it's not like I got a spare fucking pair of underwears in a mag pouch. It's I, had in, I, had, I had it in my butt pack, Chris. You're a terrible soldier. I'll tell you what, because I'm right handed and I'm figuring on the trigger, it's going to the left. Wouldn't it go to the left, to the left? Wouldn't it go back <laughs> to the left, to the left? No, the fucking enemy's 200 meters downrange, man. You're going to throw yeah. your shitty ass underwear. If you go to advance the contact, you want to walk over your shitty underwear? Fuck no. <laughs> Not a chance. Yeah, it's just, just like the if if I was to shit my pants as a truck driver, I'd say it's gonna get if they have to get if it has to get changed and I'm being shot at, underwear is going out the door. Absolutely. Listen, if you yeah. throw your shitty underwear in front of you, you're a fucking coward because <laughs> yeah. they're not afraid to advance on the enemy. You throw your shitty underwear at the rear, so all the rear echelon fucking guys they're gonna resupply you, you have to deal with it. So that's that's a great question. I gotta scroll down because I missed all the fucking text. Say some whimsical shit so I can read. You missed a joke. Oh, wait, out a joke and I missed it. Todd, Todd, how many of my brothers and sisters are against me? Oh, here we go. Yeah, absolutely. You're up. Here we go. Todd, that is a modeling. I actually one fucking hundred percent on every pod. Todd's gonna bring it up. Yep. I actually, in my travels, I still find, um, even in my interactions with uh, veterans that are com com uh, brand new to uh, getting housed, uh, they've got most of their benefits sorted out. They've got uh, food and all that kind of stuff sorted out. But a lot of guys are either going off of what they've been told for the last hundred years, like everybody else, where cannabis is, is going to ruin your career and it'll end everything. Yeah. Um, or it'll lead them right back onto the crack pipe. Yeah. That's the other big one. They're, they're afraid of it because it's the, it's, they've been told it's the gateway drug or when they were on the streets, cannabis was a gateway drug to lead to something else. It's the uh, devil's it's the misuse. The devil. It's the misuse of it. Absolutely. If you're using it for, as a medication, you will be inspired to use it as a medication with proper dosages. And if that means not smoking it, and that means eating an edible, or now there's everything from coffee pods, teas, the oils, right? e e e everything, chocolates, you name it, man. Absolutely. There's so many, many, many options now. Transdermal patches. You don't even have to put it in your mouth. You can now put a patch on your arm and it's a CBD or a THC, like a nicotine patch. There is hey. so many different options out there. Hey. RCMP are the same thing. They And there's a lot of guys that that used to be their job is to go out and hunt cannabis. And now they're very reluctant to be able to access it as a medicine. But they, just like 
D&D, they have coverage as well. And that's yeah. something that Todd expli- uh, had, had explicitly that, said earlier. I have not hey, been uh, over by a car who's buying weed yet. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll give you like the like the non hippie answer because like I don't I don't partake in I don't use cannabis. I've got nothing against it. Obviously, feels like you but should. I'll, but anyway, go on. Exactly. But and, and but look, I mean, hey, look at look at the shirt I'm wearing, right? I mean, you'd probably think that uh, you know I'm a, a I'm a cannabis user and, and shit like that. However, uh, I agree with. Uh, uh, with Bryce, one hundred percent, because uh, my last four years in uh, New Brunswick, I've seen guys transition out of the military and guys that had like ner- some pretty gnarly injuries, like back injuries from getting blown up and shit like that. And these guys, you know, like you said, we we believe what we've been told. Uh, and I've seen some of these guys like like hooked on opiates, like and it's absolutely destroyed their bodies, their minds, and their lives. And I've seen uh, you know uh, people use cannabis, t- you know essentially to, to, to get themselves off of these much, much more harmful pharmaceuticals. And they've kind of gone on to be, you know, like, like successful and, 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 and sort themselves out. So although I don't use cannabis personally, I'm a firm believer that like, uh, it's, it, it, it works and it's, uh, it's, it's definitely something like, uh, veterans and, and anybody should really look into it's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a miracle drug or anything like that. Anything can be abused, but I, me personally, like I don't, I don't even like taking fucking Advil or Tylenol because it frightens the shit out of me. Let alone, I really want to see you. But I really want to see you high on weed just one fucking time, man. I really do. There, there but is I'm that ten percent of people that are yeah. going to get a, addicted to it and are going to yeah, misuse there, it. There's ten percent of people are going to get addicted to everything. I guess all I'm saying exactly. is from like I, I've never smoked a joint in my life, but if yeah. I had to deal with with you know with, with chronic pain and 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 crazy mental issues and shit like that i would be personally much more comfortable with cannabis than i would be with opiates just saying. so just and, no, and, just, so, just so we're clear this is, this is so we're clear the, the, the non-pothead chronic pain and mental issues that you don't think that's you now are you fucking kidding me that's exactly what you need to be doing give us we'll some time we'll we're find his bored ass okay yeah. Give them we're six moving months. On. Not we're moving on. We're moving, moving on. on. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Somehow, somehow, every I've been doing this shit since November with you guys, and weed enters the gnome fucking the conversation every time. Danielle's last question. Okay, this is a good one. Uh, Danielle, which is a pseudonym. Uh, <laughs> what was the first thing you looked forward to when you came home from tour? Was it food, uh, family? What was it? That's a great question. Absolutely. <laughs> great. Although, Paniel, if you're if you're watching, this could go in a weird fucking direction. So I'll uh, I'll let uh, Bryce because he's got the red hair. He's the weirdest motherfucker on the show. He can go first. <laughs> uh, well, each one of my tours, I I missed my kids and and the, my wife at the time. Of course, I came back and wanted to to see them instantly. Um, I know and there was enough time in decompression to have a couple of drinks when I was back um, that I was able to go back and reintegrate and, 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 and definitely hug my kids every chance that I got. Yeah. There you go. Morgan. Yeah. That, that's, that's pretty simple. Uh, yeah. I, I agree with that. My, my answer is the same as prices. No, it, it is what it is. Okay, well, I'll try to amp it up a little bit for you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, one, it, it should be getting laid. Well, obviously, two, two uh, b- beers and beers a no brainer. Obviously, we always want to have a beer or whatever the fuck we want. But yeah. to, to seriously answer the question, do you know what I really look forward to? You would think, oh, a nice, beautiful steak, and that's also on the list. But the number one thing outside mm. of Getting laid, beer, and a good steak was fucking real milk. <laughs> hey, 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 Chris, you want to hear something? Uh, slight, right? Uh, okay, uh, hang on. Yeah. Because we were drinking this shit called milch. <laughs> I fucking shit you not. And it's you like. Could leave it on the counter. Yeah, you could leave it on the counter. Right? From, from it, it didn't need to be refrigerated. It could sit on the counter for like, it had a half, half, a half life of fucking like 500 years. My bad. Jimmy could put it in his backpack for months. I'll, I'll, get, I'll hook you up. <laughs> yeah. And it, 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 it tasted like not milk. And anybody that was spent in the military has been deployed. Fucking Todd, if you've been in Bosnia or, or any other shithole, at some Space point you milk, had a yeah. version thereof of milch. 
So the only time I got to have real milk was, I think, maybe Calf had some, but I know Mirage had some. But to come oh, yeah. home and have, because I like fucking milk, I'm not going to lie to you, was to drink real milk was like the fucking, you know, the shit. So Yeah, I'm a cereal guy myself too, man. I, I absolutely enjoy milk when it's around. Um, I find myself to be lactose intolerant now, unfortunately, so I don't enjoy it as much. Um, but I, I will, I will put my guts into battle for some, from deadly ice cream when it's around. Yeah. I know that's for sure. When I was in, uh, in New Brunswick for, okay, uh, hang on a second. Oh. I'm, I'm fucking, if I hear the word lactose intolerant, I'm going to start hitting people. It's like <laughs> the back, it's like the back pain of the eighties. Some suddenly yeah. everyone in their fucking dog is lactose intolerant. My, my, my sure. story is the, my story is the opposite of lactose intolerant yeah. right now. Chris, you'll like it. So, <laughs> here, so, so here I am. I'm in, I'm in uh, Gagetown, New Brunswick for four years, and I was the only uh, Anglo in my office. It was all uh, it was all French guys, all Van Dues, and I'm not shit talking my my Van Dues. Hey, moi j'adore les les, les soldats Van Duesiem. They're excellent. I love these guys. And you know, like it's like you're a couple of weeks from getting home, and guys, you start talking about your first meal. And these Van Dues were telling me, they're like, when they were there, like, like three weeks out, they were talking about poutine and like, not just like, oh, I'm going to get home. I'm going to have poutine, but like where, where they're going to get their poutine from? Because like, yeah, man, they're super tribal. Like I actually got to go to, to, uh, to, to Valcarce and like these Van Dues, each one of them, they took me to a different poutine. It was like, it was next level. But anyway, th that's what they talked about was poutine, and I was like, "Do you know what? Of course, I'm, I'm I'm with those guys. I'll add that to the list. The shit that, yeah, it's stuff like that. So, it, you know, we've we've been fucking around being funny about it all, but uh, it's really it's the little things you take for granted every day. You adapt so much if you're if you're a quality soldier and you're used to this stuff or sailor or whatever. Sorry for you air people and navy fucks listening. Not you, Mike. I love you, bro. Um, Actually, uh, my, my, my bro, Mike, is, is on here. I don't know if he's still on, but he's a submariner. So if you think we have it rough, start living under water in a, in a, in a used fucking shitty-ass sub where they kick the tires around the bottom off the UK. So that guy's experienced some fucking hardships. I can promise you that. Um, it's, it's just the little things that you take for granted the day-to-day. -day. Um, when you don't have that, when you're gone, you miss it. So I, for, for the for this. For the civvies out there watching this, um, and this is kind of a shitty analogy, but it's the closest one I can think of. Go on when you're on vacation, you're having a great time and you're eating different food. Think about the little things that you miss from back home, and like amplify that by a hundred with the stresses that 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 service persons feel while deployed, and you've got a bit of an idea of what that is. Um, that's kind of my best fucking answer. I don't know. Long pause. We got any more questions? Got to wrap this bitch up soon. There's Mike. Yeah. Try being a fucking submariner. Actually, Mike, I want to put you on the show. We're talking too much army shit. I want to get a fucking Navy guy, especially a guy who's lived underwater. So we'll have that conversation yeah. with my brother. I, 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 I've got so many questions for submariners. Yeah, man. man. I, um, I'll, I'll tell you right it. now. If, if, I, if, I was, if I was in the Navy, people like shit on submariners. If I was in the Navy, 100% I'd be a submariner. People they would throw like, you the fuck. They would find man, a way to I've, throw you off you're, that you're, 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 you're an idiot. Why would yeah, you want to do I've that? I've had the pleasure. I'd, I'd want to do it like, <laughs> I, I want to do it just because, because people are like, you're stupid. Same reason. Yeah. Like okay. Mike's in. If anybody wants to hear what it's like to be a uh, submariner, man, I got questions. Um, I'm going to get Mike on the show in the next couple of weeks. I hear he's there's a lot of diesel everywhere. There's a lot a of diesel. He's a brother of mine. I've known him for a long time, and he's yeah, get been, him on, man. I'm pumped. Mike's been running subs for fucking years. He's uh, I call him Chief cool. of the Boat every time I see him, and he's uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Mike's currently running what I would equate to the Top Gun. Of the submarine world in Canada, he's got the red hat. He's got the cigar, and he sorts fucking future submariners out. So yeah, fucking, I'm glad he's on. He's watching. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get Mike on because I have Good. I have no clue. I'm scared shitless of uh, even put my head underwater in my hot tub, let alone doing what um, he does. Man, it's the, it's the only reason I would ever join a navy just to be a submariner. Fuck I that. Think it's, <laughs> I, I, I think I think There's it's cool no scenario. I'm a fucking sniper, and I think being a submariner is pretty fucking cool. I, I I can't believe you'd even say that. 
I, I think I, it's cool. I, I can't do deep water. I couldn't imagine holding my no. breath underwater. Not a chance. Oof. Yeah. Wow. Um, what time we got? Fuck. I got to wrap this up. I'm sorry. Um, listen, if you guys enjoyed this, uh, this venue, the way we're doing this, it, it was by accident. I always want to do a, like a mailbag Q and a thing with, 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 uh, with the viewership. And, uh, this happened by accident cause I fucked the dog and was unprepared for today. That being said, I think it was successful and I enjoyed, I, I apologize if we didn't get to all your questions. Um, I'd like to go into OT, but we got to jump on with Bonzi. So when we leave here, for those of you that are not, it's not like two in the morning in Ontario or the fuck you're from, please jump on with my man, uh, Bonzi, Bonzi live, tripping with Bonzi, myself and Jimmy, you're going to go have a, uh, administrative pause, if you will. And then we're going <laughs> to jump back on once again. I want to thank everybody for watching tonight. We are going to do this again. I'm going to probably do this once every two months where it's just open Q and a, where everybody can just ball us with questions. Yeah. And uh, make it, make, make it a little bit longer next time though. Cause this is pretty, no, I will because there's a lot of questions and, and I'll set it up more in advance. So you guys can DM me cause I'm not giving any of you fuckers my email. Um, <laughs> You, you know, some DM, of these comments are fucking amazing. You can DM, you can DM uh, you know, any any of the three of us, whatever, on text. We'll compile a list of questions like a week in advance and then handpick them. And it can be hate mail, too. You guys are fucking losers and fuck you. I'm good with that. We'll answer whatever. We'll do a mailbag Q&A thing. I really want to do it again. So, yeah, right on. Good times. Thank you very much. We'll do this again. I apologize for cutting short. Thank you, Mr. Morgan Warren. Thank you, Mr. Bryce Hooper. Thank you for all you lovely people out there that tuned in tonight. Got to give some shout outs and we're fucking out of here. This episode of Fire for Effect Live has been brought to you by, there's my radio voice, dbloodell.com. Check out dbloodell.com for all your podcast cool needs from Canada. Um, Canada's largest digital source, digital source of sports news, and uh, very fucking entertaining and uh, controversial shit right now. Positive Mike's Brewing Company, Wicked Beer, Mister Hooper Inc. You want to learn about weed, medical uh, marijuana, and how it can improve your life? Check it out. You want good Wagyu beef locally in the Edmonton area in Alberta, and uh, good dairy products? Check out uh, Jeff Noni's Farmstead. We will do this again in seven days from tonight. Thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning in. And uh, jump on with Bonzi Live right after this. And we are fucking out of here.